Hello and welcome, Claire Attic here, and I'm delighted that you are joining me again for some more top tips and strategies to help you with your kids' activity business. Today, we are going to be talking all about 10 things that I wish I had known when starting my kids' activity business. Growing a successful business that you love doesn't have to be difficult. You just need to master a few key principles, techniques and systems. Welcome to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, your go-to place to learn how to grow and scale your business and make it work for you. I'll be sharing with you how, as a busy mum of three, I've grown my own small but mighty Kids Activity business, starting from scratch in 2015 and transforming it into a highly profitable six-figure business that gives me the financial reward and time freedom to work just four hours a month. You'll hear how I did it, the highs and lows, the obstacles I overcame, and step-by-step strategies for how you can do it too. So if you want to fill up your classes, free up your time, and get more profit in your pocket, then you're in the right place. I'm Claire Attic, and you're listening to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast. Let's get started. Entrepreneurship was a time of very mixed emotions. Excitement, hope, drive, determination, but yes, also worry, stress, fear, you name it. Now, I'd say my journey on the whole has been a very successful one, but it certainly hasn't been without my fair share of challenges, obstacles and low points. Now, I have learned so much from the process and I wanted to share with you today the 10 things I wish I had known at the very start of my journey. Now, I'll confess right now that opening up like this does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I hope that it will bring you so much value, either to help you navigate your own challenges and obstacles or if necessary, to steer you away from encountering some in the first place. So I hope you enjoy this. And let's get started. First up then is learning that success isn't about luck. When I first started up, I faced a really steep learning curve, which I'm sure you did too when you started your kids' activity business. It felt like running a business was just about throwing spaghetti against a wall to see what stuck. Some stuff worked, other stuff didn't, but it was difficult to be able to take a step back to think about it all logically. I kind of think of it a little bit about when I first learned to drive a car. I remember in those very, very early driving lessons, I was consciously having to think about absolutely everything to make the car work and drive it. And it's really hard work. But once you learn to drive, some of that ability starts to move into your subconscious. Have you ever had that weird experience when you drive somewhere, but you don't quite remember the journey? It's a bit freaky, but it's because your brain is so familiar with it. It can do it without you consciously thinking it through. And it's a little bit like that when you're running your own business. Some of the stuff you start to get really confident and able to do, and it moves more into that subconscious, which leaves space in your brain to concentrate on other stuff. Now, I quickly realised that success won't happen with the spaghetti against the wall approach. I actually needed to follow a much more structured and planned framework. And then I learned that by doing this, success will follow. Successful businesses haven't been lucky. They've been logical and they've been strategic. Number two then, and that was learning that my competitors could be really useful to me. 
Now, I'm guessing that you already have a great awareness of your competitors. Often they can fill you with slightly negative feelings. Now, I naturally and slightly naively assumed that anyone running a baby swimming business would be lovely. It felt like a real feel-good industry to be going into. I'm also the sort of person that comes from a position of helping others as much as I can. I've always had loads of volunteer roles in my life, from being a special constable in the police, being a brown owl in guiding, and auditing lots of charity accounts for fun. I should probably learn how to say no better, but that's a different story for a different day. So I was very shocked and disappointed to have, let's say, a rough introduction to the world of competitors. One particular competitor who had previously enjoyed a bit of a monopoly over our geographical area due to a lack of other competitors didn't take well to me starting up. Now, I won't go into the details as it wouldn't be professional, but let's just say she made my life as difficult as she could. Now, despite all this, I firmly believe that it is possible to be friends with competitors, kill them with kindness, so to speak. With this particular competitor, I never stooped to her level and retaliated with unkindness. I've always been nice and I've even referred customers that I cannot cater for inside my own business to her. But even if you can't be friends, it's still important to see competitors in a positive, not a negative light. Your competitors are actually very useful to you. They can help you communicate common messages to your customers and potential customers. Why what you do is so important, what the benefits are. They can help you grow awareness of your industry. Also, it's worth adding that customers themselves will see through any nastiness or negativity that competitors show towards you. And that will be at the detriment of them. It's just not cool to be unkind and people don't like it or feel comfortable with it. So we'll actively avoid it where they can. So celebrate your competitors. There are plenty of customers to go around and they really are a good thing. The third thing I wish I had known earlier in my business is that even if you can do all the things, don't. <laughs> when you first start up, it's likely that you will need to do all the things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Doing all the things will allow you to gain a really valuable insight into your business, your customers and you as a business owner. It's a learning curve. But that's not to say it's OK to keep doing it all yourself. Yes, you are more than capable. You do a brilliant job, but it's not good for the growth and health of your business. You need to be thinking as a business owner, not an employee. You're a CEO. You are the driver and you need to act in this role. Now, if your precious and finite time is being used up concentrating on the wrong parts of your business, you will ultimately stunt its growth. You will become the bottleneck of your business. Now, I was actually forced to make this leap to bring people on board. I got pregnant and I wanted to step back from my business to spend time with my new arrival. But I'm so glad this happened as it's been the best thing that could have ever happened for both my business and to me as an individual too. In fact, I wish I had made this leap much, much earlier. Now, next up, number four, is knowing the importance of the drippy, drippy costs. Now, you may know that I'm a chartered accountant by background and I love the finance and numbers side of the business. However, that's not to say I'm perfect. Now, a couple of years into the business, despite my business growing, my profits had started to flatten and I wanted to know why. It wasn't my sales as they've been growing steadily. So I focused hard on my costs. Now, I'm normally 
all over my costs, especially in my personal finances. But business life felt so busy and it was always being pushed down the to-do list. I was doing all the things. But a very quick review, it didn't take long, showed me a couple of costs that had creeped into my business that just made my jaw drop. One was a piece of software I was using with a monthly fee. I was paying for quite a few advanced features that I wasn't even using and they weren't cheap. Second was my mobile phone bill. It was shocking. I'd obviously come out of my cheap 12-month discounted period and I was paying full rate. Now, these were both very easily fixed and it did save me loads, but it made me realise how easy it was to let those costs drip, drip, drip out the business without even noticing quietly, smallish amounts, but ones that added up and caused a big dent on my bottom line. So if you've not reviewed your costs recently, then this one is definitely for you. Number five, and that is that you need to keep learning. Now, when I started my business, I felt like I was fairly prepared. I knew I needed a bit of training on the marketing side of life, as that's something I hadn't done much of in my corporate life. But everything else, the operational, the finance, the legal side of things, I was all over. How wrong could I have been? Running a business is a continuous learning journey. And I'm not talking about knowing about the latest social media trends or the latest software updates. I mean the deep stuff, the stuff that makes you a better business owner. There will be learning that you can't access until you've reached certain points in your business, until you've had certain experiences, until you've learned certain other things first. But it's so important to acknowledge that however much you think you already know about running a business, running a business that you love and that works for you, there is so much more to learn. Even the best business leaders in the world are still learning, still developing. As they say, you don't know what you don't know. And if you feel you've stopped learning, then you need to do something about it. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. A tree that is no longer growing is dying. Number six then, and this is something that I had to learn very quickly in business, and that is done is better than perfect. Now, this is a saying that I use pretty much every day in my businesses today. When I was younger, I was a complete perfectionist. Everything had to be completely perfect and I was quite hard on myself. I used to think this was a good thing, having that perfectionism mentality meant that everything I did, I did really well. But running my own business and also being a mum has shown me that it can be a real blocker. So this is something I've personally worked really hard on overcoming. In business, I quickly found that trying to do things perfectly actually stopped things being done. If something wasn't perfect, I couldn't push it out there. However, a major lesson I quickly learned was that your business will always be growing and changing. You could spend hours and hours making something perfect only to push it out there and discovering it's not quite right for your business or your customers. All that work, you thought it was perfect, but it didn't quite reach the mark. My approach now, get it done. Push it out there, review its performance, take on feedback, tweak it and push it back out again and keep doing it. Keep changing, keep improving it. Such a better model for moving your business forwards in the right direction and definitely something I wish I had skills to do earlier in my business life. Number seven then, and that is don't discount. I learned this one the hard way. 
When setting up my business many years ago, I made the common but really dangerous error of thinking that if I had more attractive prices than my competitors, then people would come flooding. I'd be able to fill up my classes with lots of happy customers who would then become loyal to me. Yes, I attracted customers through the door. Great. But were they the right customers? Absolutely not. They were the sort of customers that were bargain hunters, always wanting and asking for more discounts. They didn't appreciate the value I was bringing to the classes. They didn't value my work and they were quite hard to please too. The discounts became an expectation and people weren't rebooking unless they felt like they had got some kind of bargain. The damage it was doing to my overall profitability was eye-watering. A £10 discount here and there soon adds up very, very quickly. It was really hurting my business. So I took on a completely different line. Discounts were on the whole band. I still do use a couple, but they're very strategic and drive a very specific purpose. The result, a much healthier profit margin, much happier customers, the ones who value the classes and want to stick around and tell their friends, and also less admin too, triple bonus. Moving on then to number eight, and that is learning that you don't have to be huge to be successful. You can have a small but mighty business. Now, this is something I get all the time, a kids activity business that's just started up and straight away, often within months or even weeks I've seen, they are looking to franchise themselves. Yes, franchising your business is a growth option for some and a fantastic option if your business ticks certain boxes, but it needs to happen at the right time. I've come across so many small businesses that have stayed small, but very mighty. They're focused on what they do. They make sure that they do it really well. And they've been hugely successful as a result, both financially and in terms of their time freedom. Now, there's a lady that I follow in America who owns a local dance school. She has been hyper focused on this one dance school, not opening them up all over the country, just one dance school. And she consistently generates over a million dollars each year from it. That's sales, not profits, but $1 million from one dance studio in one geographic location. And that was in this past year, despite the pandemic. Now, some marketers will lead you to think that big means successful, but this really isn't true for many. You can be small and successful, small but mighty. Number nine then, and that is the importance of making business friends. Now, I'm the sort of person that thrives in positive environments. I try to avoid the negativity, especially in the business and online world. Making business friends is super important in your business journey. But when I started, I don't think I realised just how important. Business friends can open doors, collaboration opportunities, shared customer bases. Business friends can give you advice. You can learn from each other's experiences. Business friends can make you feel less lonely. We all know how alone you can feel sometimes when running a small business, especially if you're running it from the home. You can use your business friends to bounce ideas around. Two brains is always better than one. And you can also use them for accountability. You might not have a boss to be accountable to, but it's very useful to have someone to help you stay on track. Now, I'm not saying just go out and find a random business to buddy up with. Perhaps find a couple of businesses that work well al alongside your business, perhaps offering something quite different but with similar customers. 
perhaps find a couple of people who run their own businesses that you really click well with. You're on the same wavelength. But do look for those business friends. They can help you in so many ways and really help bring your business forward. So number 10 then, the final area that I wish I had known earlier in my business journey, and that is understanding that mistakes are actually a good thing and can even present you with opportunities. Now, this one took me ages to come to terms with. Linking it back to my comment about being a perfectionist, I absolutely hated making mistakes or upsetting people. Now, this is something that impacts my personal life as well as my business life. I remember when the pandemic first hit, we temporarily switched off our automated customer booking system because it was a monthly fee that we wouldn't be needing for a while and we switched to doing it all manually. Now, because things were so uncertain, we kept it off for a few months, during which we did have a week of frantic booking, all of which had to be processed manually. And you've guessed what's coming. We made a mistake. We accidentally sold one space twice and there was no way we could accommodate the extra person due to our strict health and safety rules that restricted our class sizes. So with my tail between my legs and feeling pretty awful, I had to deal with it head on. Now, the customer, who was known to being a little bit awkward, was actually so impressed with how we handled it, with how we dealt with it, with our level of honesty and integrity, that she actually left us a glowing review on social media. And she even promoted us within her own network, which then attracted four new customers our way. So from this mistake, which made me feel awful, we'd earned a glowing review, we'd gained four new customers And we actually became much more appreciative of the automated booking system, despite its high monthly cost. So three really good things came out of that one mistake. So rather than seeing things as a mistake, instead, try to look for the positives. What you've learned, what do you now more appreciate? How has the experience made you a better person and a better business owner? That positivity will take you a long way and make your business thrive in so many ways you can't imagine. So there we have it, the 10 things I wish I had known when starting my own kids activity business. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you will find it helpful either in helping you navigate some of the challenges that you are encountering in your own business or to help you avoid making some of the same mistakes that I did. I hope you have a fantastic week. I look forward to catching up with you again next week for some more top tips on how to make your kids activity business even more successful. Take care and bye for now. If you're loving the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, I want to invite you to register for my free workshop, How to Sell Out Your Classes. In this live 60-minute online workshop, learn what works and what doesn't when it comes to filling up your kids activity classes. I'll be giving away some golden nuggets of information that will truly transform the way you think about making sales. Sign up now at claireattec.com forward slash fill up. That's claireattec.com forward slash fill up to save your seat. It's completely free and I can't wait to see you there. If you found today's episode useful, then please press the follow tab where you found this podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any new episodes. And don't forget to rate and review it too, as it will make all the difference in helping other people find it. Thanks for listening. Take care and bye for now.